Bulls Gold is delivered to you via the Barroom Network, now in its seventh year of providing podcasts about Chicago sports, movies, and more. Make sure to subscribe to the Barroom Network for free and easy downloads of its programming. And visit its merchandising store at deepdishtees.com to purchase t-shirts, hoodies, and mugs. Now, on with the show. I'm Edward Schuler, joined as always by Salim Sudawala. Salim, how's it going today? Ed, it's great. I'm excited. Uh, I have a question for you. What's Are up? you, did you in the last two days just wake up like maybe around four in the morning and just kept rewatching DeMar DeRozan and game winners? <laughs> or, or are you normal? I, I might be normal, but I did watch it like a few times before going to bed, just to make sure I, <laughs> just to make sure I saw what I saw. But uh, I, I kept watching that. I, woke, I like, I woke up, so I wake up so randomly in the morning, and I was like, you know what? I gotta watch this again. It's absurd. It's absurd. I, I can't. Like, I don't know how to describe it. Like, I yesterday again, I was like, yeah, we're gonna lose this game. I was, I was okay with it. It's like this is a, what fifth game in seven nights, back to back. The you know all they're playing sluggish. He's like, you know what? I'm I'm okay with this loss. Demar's <laughs> like, nope, we're not doing this. We're not losing this game, and I'm just gonna hit a game winner again. And apparently, this is what he's gonna do all season now. Obviously, he's just gonna hit game winners to every. You know, he he ended the the 2021 at a game winner. Yeah, starts 2022 with a game winner. It's absurd. Yeah. Demar Derozan is he's a sick dude. Like I agree with Lonzo Ball on his uh, IG post. Like he's a sick dude. Like he's a he's a straight up bully. So to be able to hit the shots that he did when he did is just nuts. But yeah, we closed twenty twenty one on a good note. We're opening twenty twenty two on a good note with Demar Derozan buzzer beaters, and the Bulls are on a seven game win streak. So we have the first uh, Bulls gold of the year, and just to talk about all the excitement going on with the Bulls right now, first in the Eastern Conference. What better way to start the new year than uh, bringing back Big Dave, Matt Peck, John Sabon. Guys, how's it going today? I mean, what a way to start the year. <laughs> Demar Buzzer Peter Part 2 and then getting to chat with you guys. This is what a what a treat. Thank you for having us. Oh, man. This, the year's already made. New year, new us. <laughs> <laughs> It's, I guess. Well, the Demar, the Demar Derozan was like the uh, is, is like the you know dessert, cheesecake, all that other stuff. And joining us is just like, eh, we got a little bit of uh, well, a little sugar, I guess, right? Not too much. <laughs> no, don't don't underestimate yourself, man. No, this diabetes. You're giving us diabetes. We're so excited. Yeah, seriously, man. You know, I know Matt don't want it, but you know, give me a vegan cheesecake, and, and then I'm- yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can log off right now. <laughs> we'll have we'll have some uh, prime. Uh, what do you guys? A steak, a, a big juicy steak for Matt. There Thank you go. <laughs> yeah. So, what what was going on through all of your minds? Like, just anybody? Like, what was going on through your mind? Not only with the first buzzer beater, but the second one. Like the first one, I feel like I felt more excitement when he hit that first one on uh, New Year's Eve, and. 
just a weird feeling with the second one on New Year's Day that, yo, whatever he's about to throw up right now is going in. That's just what's going in my mind. Like, I, this is going in, regardless. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Think back to the Bulls. What was it? The fifth game of the season? They get a 4-0 start. They're playing the Knicks at home. Tight game. DeMar misses a shot at the buzzer. And then there were some people wondering, like, should he have tried to get the ball to Zach? Was that a bad shot? And no. The answer then and the answer now was no. And DeMar has talked about it time and again how comfortable he is in those late-game situations. You know, leading the NBA in fourth quarter scoring right now, if you look at some of his, you know, crunch time minutes, clutch minutes, five minutes or less to go with a five-point game, I mean, they're otherworldly. And there's no issue because he and Zach and everybody on the team just wants to win. So if Zach is sitting here back-to-back game celebrating DeMar DeRozan hitting the game-winning buzzer beater because he didn't have to. But by the way, one of the the other few reasons the Bulls were even in it at the end was because Zach poured in 35. On on Saturday, like mm. there is such a good balance on this team right now, and Demar being that guy late in games is a luxury that the Bulls have not had in a long, long time. And to me, the other really fascinating part about all this, both of these buzzer beaters happen on the road, back to back games, <laughs> Indiana and DC, and it kind of you started to see it in these wins, you know, on the road against Denver, um, you know, these these arenas where the Bulls fan base is significantly represented and we all remember that that used to be the norm and then that stopped being the norm while this team was dog shit for years but that was to me the biggest takeaway from these tomorrow buzzer beaters on the road bulls bulls nation is back because we are celebrating wins like that in other people's houses and that's just (laughs) a really cool feeling to have again (laughs) no it's true um i was i was sitting next to my mother and you know, we we eat dinner when Shout out. first when the first buzz beat out. That's a flex when the first <laughs> buzz beat happened, and I didn't want to. You know, when it went in, I was I just did like that, and I didn't want to scream because I didn't want to, you know, kind of startle her and everything like that. And so I'm just like, and I'm telling her, like, you see what happened, you know, me and I'm doing it like that. The next night when he hit the other buzzer beater, I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't hold it back. I was like, I apologize. I, I just lost it. I was out of my seat. And I was standing up for probably the last minute of the game, um, just watching. And when he hit, the, I mean, I, I, yeah, I lost it. And she understands, you know, who her child is. So she was okay. <laughs> but I, it was amazing. They had no business, especially the second game. They had no business winning that game. The Pacers game, yeah, they, they, I thought they played well enough to be in it. And, you know, just some things didn't go their way. And, you know, just some stuff didn't happen. Some balls didn't bounce their way. And plus, Indiana was, you know, really killing them on the inside. You know, and Karis LeVert was having an out-of-this-mind out of kind of game also. And some bonus as well. But it just felt like they were still in and still had a shot. After coming off of something like that, I expected a letdown. Because it's the next night. You know, it's New Year's Day. You know, you're coming off New Year's Eve. You're traveling. Like, everything was against Javante yeah. Javante Green doesn't play. You know, everything... Is saying this isn't your day. Even how they came out, it was like this ain't your day, guys. And I was really resigned to that fact. And then I looked up in the fourth quarter, and they're still in this game. And I was like, they have no business being in this game. Absolutely none. But nobody told the Chicago Bulls they shouldn't be in this game. Nobody told <laughs> Zach Levine they shouldn't be in this game. Nobody told Kobe White that either. But that shot at the end, it was so Kobe-like to me that I was just, I was amazed. Like for real, I think it's the only word you come up with for me. I, I was just. 
amazed. Flabbergasted might be a little better word. Flabbergasted. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was it was amazing to see. I don't know which one is more impressive. I've been trying to all morning. I've been trying to, I don't know why we do this, but I like, I try to compare them and like Indiana, all Indiana do was not give up the ball. Like essentially. <laughs> and the game is one. They, so like to, 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 to create the opportunity is very impressive. I think, but again, it was new year's heave. For some reason it was a heave, which I think we like attribute like, Oh, kind of lucky. Right. That second one was cold and calculated and he knew the he he knew the time better than you know an atomic clock knew the time like he i just had no i didn't even think he could get it off with the pump fake uh, in that coverage because that was good defense and so yeah. and it's the second one so like he, he already did it once to do it again almost like feels like even though there are two isolated incidences that it feels like a, a harder degree of difficulty but man both were so amazing uh, my wife was a was asleep and she goes did you scream last night <laughs> <When she woke laughs> up. and i said i did i was in the dishes and watching on my phone and i like i said i think i screwed oh my god <laughs> when he hit it. um so man i just again like this guy's all nba all, not even all-star he is yeah, yeah. he is going to be first or second team all nba cash it right now he has to be yeah so let's talk about demar Derozan's elite level of play here because you know he, it's funny, people, I always get annoyed with people on Twitter who are moving goalposts now. So, obviously, when when the Bulls made the trade, it was, oh, this is the worst trade. Obviously, Hollander had the article. Now, Hollander has since, uh, you know, taken it back and said, you know, I was wrong. Oh, my but, Oh, the guy who paid but, Chandler Parsons $200 million yeah, was wrong? No, That's crazy. <laughs> no, but there's been others. Like, there's been random, like, NBA uh, Twitter. T- like, Tim Bontemps was another one. You oh, know, that, another guy? That video. That, for whatever reason, a lot of Bulls fans like to blame Nick Friedle for that Tim Bontemps. No, rant, yeah. Because they were kind of no, on he the gets, same segment. No, he gets blamed, too. I saw that whole segment, Matt. No, yeah, no, no. He, he gets he blamed, was, too, he was Absolutely kind of being, not. He was being very Nick in that video, too. Yes, he was. No, but his, but his get Nick. No, <laughs> <laughs> what that mean? <laughs> New York Knicks. Oh, okay, okay. all okay. right, all right. No, well done. But like overall, now. like even not only like the national or you know NBA analysts that cover professionally, but like even like you got guys like other fan bases that are um, that cover cover their own respective teams with trashing uh, the trade, and now it's basically oh wait wait till the playoffs. You know, this, we we've seen this from Demar before. It's like, first of all, let, calm down. No, we've never seen this from Demar. Demar's been good. Right now, Demar is great. He's playing at MVP level. So let, let's talk about. Like I said, give us give me your thoughts on how Demar is saying, playing right now, and as far as expectations are concerned, like how surprised are you that we're seeing this guy out here that resembles almost? I don't want to put him in that stratosphere as Kobe. And stuff like that, but like there, there's just this feel about him to say like, this is not we've this is not something we've seen from him before. Yeah, I was asked um who surprises me more what on this team, like what player surprised me most. And for me it was DeMar DeRozan. Mm-hmm. And not because I didn't think he was gonna be good, but like you said, I I wasn't expecting this level of MVP greatness that I'm seeing from him. When you're doing stuff that's never been done in the NBA before you know, hitting back-to-back game winners, you know, on the road consecutively. And you were down one, as Stan Van uh, John sent that tweet uh, to us, Stan Van Gundy pointed out. 
you were losing yeah. those games. You know losing. what I'm saying? You were down. And, and they were at the buzzer. There's yeah. no time left. Like the true Zero. buzzer beaters. Yeah. And then the way he hit the, both of them, they were both incredibly difficult shots. Caprice. And I heard Will Purdue say it on the post game because Kendall Gill asked him, what kind of percentage would you get? And talking about the Indiana shot. So what kind of percentage do you give that shot for going in? Will was like, about 4%. Right. <laughs> like, dude, like, insane what he's doing. And you're right. People are definitely moving the goalposts on DeMar DeRozan. And it's starting to bother me a little bit because now it's like you said, I keep seeing stuff like, oh, well, you know, I've seen him do this before, but in the playoffs, you know, he kind of disappears, you know? So I like, who, who, why are you letting people steal your joy like this? First of all, like right. you ain't seen this in four years. Like I'm, I'm taking this day by day. I usually don't do this because you know, I grew up watching Jordan. I'm usually the one that's, that was like, let me get to the playoffs. And then I'll worry about everything else. You know what I'm saying? Right. I ain't seen this in four years. I'm enjoying every single game that I'm watching and I'm taking it in every single one. You can't let people come out here and steal your joy with that. And then saying stuff like that is, is like somebody uh, being in, being like in the desert, you know, for four years. And you were like, oh, man, here's some water. And they're like, is it Avion? Is it sparkling? You know, because that's all I can really drink. If you're thirsty <laughs> ass, don't just drink this water and enjoy it and act like you. I don't know. It's insane Dasa- to me. If it's Dasani, there's something wrong about there's something wrong with Dasani. <laughs> the vibes are not right. The vibes are Dasani. We gotta be dear yeah, I, I completely agree. <laughs> I, I mean, I can, go ahead, John. Oh, I I was gonna say, can I tell you something that's kind of bothering me? Is that we're giving all of these people ag- like content creators who like had to make a take on something <laughs> too much power. Like we're uh, yeah. every game we're like. Ooh, really? Bleach Report admin? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and at some point, can't we? I, I just hate that. Like, we're celebrating his greatness, but with defiance of someone who t- who was wrong, and we're all, and I think we're elevating those opinions too much by focusing on them as Bulls fans. I like it when like the Bulls account does it. That shows me that they're like engaged with the culture, like in a weird way. Yeah. Um, I like there's like shirts. I think that's kind of cute. But I think every time that we like bring up the fact, like the Bulls talk account brings up the fact that like two people wrote about how it was bad. Is <laughs> like who cares at this point? I don't know. Like unless it was like someone of consequence. Like the, the yeah. biggest person of consequences is Bontemps, and he's a nobody. Right. So that's I, I, the, I, like he covers the Knicks. I think. Like, yeah, and he's like. His, Honestly, he, I had never seen him before. He he fights <laughs> with he, he's like he's like a curmudge. Anyway, that's just something that uh I think like I, I wish we would stop doing. <laughs> that's a that's a really good point, John. I hadn't really thought about that, but you're right. The way the the way that DeMar's season is being celebrated, and you're right. So, I mean, this is statistically speaking, this could be DeMar's best season of his career when it's done if he MVP. this up. Um and that that being celebrated in the fashion of a bunch of Bulls people saying to the rest of the NBA world and any of the doubters out there, I told you so, I told you so, look how stupid you look, look how stupid you look, I told you so, I told you so. But Big Dave and I are certainly not innocent of that. We've been having our At fun and, no. get, and getting our rocks off. <laughs> and I love on. it. <laughs> and I, I, love think it. That it, I think it just kind of speaks to where we are right now when it comes to NBA media coverage and NBA Twitter, these, you know, people like us who are on NBA Twitter all day, every day and interacting with people. And when somebody has a take, that's bad. I mean, 
for crying out loud, there's a Twitter account with whatever tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands called Old Takes Exposed. People yes. love pointing yes. at people like Nelson from The I Simpsons and going, Ha-ha, because you yes. were wrong, especially if you're someone who disagreed with that bad take. So it's it's ugly. You're right, John. And I wish it was more of a let's just celebrate the positivity without remembering, hey, there were a lot of doubters. But at the same time, come on, when you when you ask <laughs> about how is it that Demar is having such mm. a like this, he's talked about a few different things, but you cannot deny that one of those factors yes. is that this is that motivated Demar. Not yeah, only like the a, the NBA pundit saying, "Oh, we're signing of the offseason, whatever." That's probably part of it. Lakers. So did the Lakers. Bingo, yeah. John. A bunch of people say right. Demar is washed. Demar is over the hill, and this he is not worth this contract. He wasn't worth giving up a first round draft pick for. He's not going to improve that team at all, right? Wow. Or certainly not enough to move the needle. And Zach Levine, his teammate from day one, media day, said, "Let's just clear this up." DeMar DeRozan is still in his prime. Zach Levine was right there saying that about DeMar DeRozan, his new teammate, but not a lot of people were. So do you think it motivates DeMar that a lot of that kind of talk was going around this offseason? Hell yes. And we get to see him play like this because of it. So what were we wrong about? So like, is it, is it, this, is it like the Spurs? Like you're not really like we forget you exist because you're on the Spurs. Yeah. Is it we overvalue three-point shooting? Right now, yeah. and uh, is it like I, I actually think like there's too much three point shooting now, and we, people there's no bucket getters, and if you have a bucket mm. getter, that's going to be like huge. So, but I'm curious, like wh- why were pe- why were people so wrong? I think because uh, I don't think we even thought he would be this good. Yeah. Well, let me say. Let ahead. me say. Hey, I'm sorry. I just wanted to say this real real quickly. Um, and then I'll, I'll let you just answer this question. I just wanted to say this part. Also about you know the people, you know, coming at people with the terrible takes and things like that. It's not so much that they were wrong about it. It's the vitriol they were spewing <laughs> about it. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. If they were like, yo, DeMar DeRozan, I just don't see the fit. You know, I don't know how it's going to work. And you listed some logical facts to it to back it up. Fine. I, I ain't got nothing to say to that. You know what I'm saying? We'll see how it goes in the season. But they were like, the Bulls are idiots. What are they doing over there? This is so dumb and stupid. I don't know what's happening here. It was that. That's what uh, spawned all of that when when Matt and I pick at people and do those kind of things and say it like that. That's that's you, you've con- you've converted <laughs> yeah. me. I am now the first one to be like, uh, suck it, Ble- Bleacher Report rankings. Like I'm in it. <laughs> well, and it's not only his offensive game. Like I, I like EPM is you know. Uh, Advanced stats, I, I like them, but they're not. I don't only look at advanced stats, but you look at a, a stat like EPM, uh, estimated plus minus, and he's never. They track his entire like they track every player's entire career. He's never been a, a positive impact defensive player this season. He's seventy six percentile, essentially, which is yeah. I mean he isn't great by any means. He isn't. He's he's playing solid team defense, and that's something that we've never seen from Demar. He's engaged in a in a weird way, and also maybe it could be roster construction. He probably hasn't been surrounded with this many like wings and things like that, uh, impacting defensively. So that's another angle that we're looking at. Demar's like, man, Demar, we haven't seen you 
be this engaged defensively before and just hit your rotations and know where to be on defense uh, like this in your career before. Part of yeah. me, part of me wonders if uh, the negative perception around the those old Toronto Raptors teams contributes to like DeRozan because mm. because people remember like those Raptor teams when they played in the first round I feel like every other year it was they lost that first game to like the Orlando <laughs> Magic or some like really trash team and Drake was DJ Augustine yeah and like Drake was sitting courtside and then you get the memes from it and whatnot so like disappointment would be attached to them and those Raptors teams always kind of under delivered in the postseason but people forget that DeMar DeRozan was a if not elite, damn near elite scorer on those teams. And he was the best player on a bunch of consecutive 50 plus win Toronto Raptors teams. And then he gets exiled to the uh, Spurs for the Kawhi trade. And then they win the championship without him. So I feel like there's kind of like some negative perception around all of that, but I feel like we kind of did. Well, I feel like a lot of people maybe kind of underestimated the level of playmaker that he is and the level of shot maker that he is, because what we're seeing right now it, it damn near looks like Kobe Bryant. I mean, he's he's not Kobe Bryant, the player, but it looks like Kobe Bryant. The mannerisms, just that dog out there, the fearlessness, the ability to rise in the fourth quarter. It looks like a Kobe Bryant type of player. And you see all of these players rallying around that. Like what he's doing is just I mean, it's nothing short of special. And really, the MVP conversation right now definitely has to get a little bit more alive right now. It is. Let's talk about it. Please. I know, and and I'll say this: I I was one of the uh, people that were harping as far as his playmaking. I was like, people don't understand how much better he's gotten over the last three years as a as being a point guard, like a half court creator, offensive initiator. And uh, Matt's gonna hate when I make this comparison, but he's basically been our Chris Paul. The impact that Chris Paul had last season on the Suns. Coming in in that fourth quarter, teaching these guys how to how to win, calm your nerves. Teaching Zach, like Zach pointed that out, like just the way calm he is and and handling that pressure. Right. That's rubbed off on Zach too. So he's that's what he's done. Like that that offensive initiator that closes a guy that we can say here, Demar, please let's 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 get us let's get a good possession here. And that that offensive initiation, like his, the, how much he's gotten better over the last like three years, like I said, that's something that a lot of people really did not understand as well. I mean, Salim, <laughs> that doesn't anger me as a comparison. I I I know you know that I I dislike Chris Paul for a lot of reasons, <laughs> but I'm not I'm not blind to reality in knowing how good Chris Paul still is in these veteran years of his career and how much he changed that Suns team. You're absolutely right. And it's fascinating because guess what? People said a lot of similar things about Zach Levine and Devin Booker in the first stage of their careers, right? Empty calorie scorer. Can't win. (laughs) Can't win. Can't win. And then what happens? Devin Booker gets some help from a veteran guy who's been in the league a long time. knows how to close games. Chris Paul. Oh, the Suns get good. Zach Levine finally gets a veteran teammate who's been in the league a long time, a dominant scorer, and a guy like Chris Paul, like you're saying, Salim, who has really improved his playmaking abilities in recent seasons, who knows how to close games. Oh, what do you know? The Bulls get good. I like absolutely a very similar script is playing out right now. So who knows if the Bulls could do what the Suns did and 
and take this momentum and this completely new identity all the way to, you know, like an NBA finals run, it would be great to see. But in the meantime, you can't under, I, I, you can't overstate the importance of DeMar. And for all of these reasons, like John said, San Antonio, small market, people weren't really paying attention. Uh, you know, so leave, you brought up, you know, his defense and the fact that for the first time in a while, or maybe the first time ever, statistically, he's having a net positive defensive season. You know, do you think those are coincidences? His teammate Zach Levine is buying in and playing more aggressive and more locked in defense than he's ever done before in his career because he has figured out it, it's a part of winning. He did some of it with, with the Olympic team, but guess what else happened? The Bulls' new front office, who know how to build a roster that complements the pieces within it, went out and got Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso. You think their presence on the floor with DeMar DeRozan has maybe just a little bit to do with the fact that at least he is a decent team defender this season? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can't look past that either. For all the credit that DeMar DeRozan deserves, credit the people who brought him here. Yeah. Yes. And Mark Eversley, who closed that deal out in L.A., right? When Didn't he, like, fly yeah. to DeRozan's, like, crib or whatever yeah. in L.A. and close that deal out? Yeah. The only one. The only one yeah. who flew to his crib. Yep. Yeah. So, I wish we – maybe we should post that story more instead of dunking on uh, Twitter user NBA fan 5689 mm-hmm. who said that the Bulls are overrated. So, maybe we should post that. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Bulls have, like, two nationally televised games. Like, who th- – like, that's also two. Like, how is this team not on national TV Every yeah. every don't, week, don't you kind of wish yes. that the NBA could do what the NFL does, especially flex, yeah, flex. just flex games yeah. in and they out should, of primetime slots. They can't. They, they can. can. They Some games are flexed, it. but only on like NBA TV. Like it's really hard to do right. ESPN, ABC because right. there's too many like people who have a say. Like, uh, but they should have done half the season not scheduled like last year because of COVID. They they're yeah. insane. They didn't do yeah. that. So let, let's talk about it in like. With the Bulls right now approaching the halfway point, first in the Eastern Conference, seven-game win streak, all this momentum right now, two elite scorers, like, where do you see this team ultimately going? Because now we're past the point where maybe in preseason we were like, ah, the Bulls could be five, six seed, or if they were the fourth seed with, you know, home court advantage, that would be fun. Now, now, like, playing would be great. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. So, now we're at the point where this team has a chance to win an NBA championship that isn't zero. Mm. So what a mm. beautiful way to phrase that. Yeah. Mm. So, oh my God. And that's a fact. It's that's definitely the, not zero. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a fact. So let, let's get into it. Where do you see this team going uh, the rest of the season? Can they make a run in the Eastern conference playoffs? Can they ultimately get to the NBA finals? Okay. I, the only thing that scares me, I'm sorry, I'm talking too much is that, the two other teams that are really good is our biggest weakness with Patrick Williams being out. Yes. Is a mobile dominant big who can handle like the Giannis and the KD. We've got, we've got guys for, you know, Harden. We've got guards for days, but it's a, when the superstars are those long, big guys, like Vooch can't guard them. It's like, I think we just got to figure out who can guard them. I would say like, it's weird because, listen, the Nets definitely scare me, uh, especially in the playoffs and things like that. But when I watch that matchup, I'm like, I can see where the Bulls could actually win <laughs> because Kevin Durant is going to be Kevin Durant. You're not going to do anything with that. But everybody else around Kevin Durant, the Bulls are good enough defensively to, you know, cause them some real issues and some real problems and things like that. Milwaukee, though, that's different <laughs> because yeah. Milwaukee, 
not only do they have Giannis, who, again, you can't do anything with, the other guys that they have also are two-way players, you know, and also can get you key buckets. And also just coming off of winning a championship, you know what that does to a team. You know, they understand what it takes to win and how to get there and what things need to be done in that sense. So it matters to me more that Milwaukee is the issue than, than New Jersey because Giannis is a freak. Like, he is a monster. But Chris Middleton... Some people call him that, actually. It, <laughs> he needs to trademark that. I'm going to say that. He needs to trademark that. But the, grease, Chris, the grease freeze. <laughs> Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday and even Lopez and even Bobby Portis, you know, just because of the size. And even DeMarcus Cousins. I'm just talking about size, you know what I'm saying, right here. And, and those issues that are going to be presented for him. We watched it in the Washington game. You saw my main man, Daniel Gafford. You saw how he was getting it in. You know what I'm saying? As far as getting those rebounds and the putbacks. You saw it, Matt. 19 and 8, 9 and 10 shooting. Let's get it. You saw how he was doing it out there. But And that's going to be triple that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When you have to play a team like Milwaukee, man. Like, And that's where my issue lies. The Nets, not so much because the Nets don't really have that same kind of defense. But Drew Holiday got defense. And, and Middleton got defense, and they got that size. So, me, that's going to be a problem. Yeah, let me ask you this, though, Big Dave. You know, when he's available and healthy, is he ahead of Felicio in the rotation, yes or no? I don't know, we man. Gotta, we got I mean, we, we to see. You know, we, you know, we got to see. We got to see, Matt. We got to oh see. Hold on, God. sorry. Remember that <laughs> no. day? Remember that hell of a day? It's <laughs> no. Oh, man. Well, I mean, my two cents on the – can the Bulls make a deep run? Can, you know, can they make it out of the eat? It's possible. Like you said, Ed, like it is 100%, not a 0% number. <laughs> yes. And that is really cool. And I, I am trying every day, every game to just enjoy this moment, whatever that yeah. moment is being in this moment, watching this team, because we all know it's been a long time <sighs> since following the Bulls on a daily game to game basis has actually been this fun this is enjoyable. It's so and funny so i don't want to look too far down that road and as you guys have all been discussing a lot of it's going to come down to matchups do they mm-hmm. do they match up well with their first round opponent do they if they get past that first do they match up well with their second round opponent i you know i, I think i'm with big dave in that milwaukee still like <sighs> you, you gotta go through milwaukee to 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 get out of the east i think that's yeah. the way it is and what we have seen the Bulls beat the Brooklyn Nets twice already this season. Um, and, you know, so maybe that'll come in handy if, you know, down the line we need a tiebreaker of some kind. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we all remember that the Bulls, the, the Derrick Rose, Joakim, Tom Thibodeau Bulls, you know what they did really well? Beat the Heatles in the regular season. Mm-hmm. You know what they didn't do? Beat them in a best of seven. That's a great comparison. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Flip them in the regular season. Yep. I mean, as, as much as you can enjoy these regular season wins and put yourself in a position to get home court, like, you know, that's not nothing. And I think a lot of people who were trying to have reasonable, tempered, cautiously optimistic expectations for this season, like John was saying, somewhere in that four to seven range, right? Based on mm-hmm. how we saw the power rankings in the East beginning this season, if, if instead of fighting in that four through seven range, as you start 2022 in the back end, end of the season, the Bulls are in the driver's seat. They are the number one seed in the East. I don't think anybody saw that happening. So you can, you know, talk yourself until you're blue in the face about matchups, but what they're doing now 
is the good work to put themselves in the position to have a good first round matchup where whoever's the eighth seed, they're probably not as talented as the bulls are on paper and go from there. I mean, I I think most people based on where we are now, if you asked them, the bulls get bounced in the first round because you know, bad matchup. Yeah. Everybody would be disappointed with that where we are now, because guess what? Bulls fans, once they start to see good basketball, you know, good goodbye to trying to temper your expectations. People are people are <laughs> you you know people are talking about Grand Park right now. You yeah. know it because that's just how this fan base is. You know, you know the one thing that I think is going to make this team really tough in the playoffs is the fact that, and when we had Morton Jensen on, he talked about this: is that this team has a bunch of like six five, six six, six seven guys who can play really any position and you don't lose anything defensively or offensively when you put them on the court together. So when you put Caruso, Ball, Zach, DeMar on the court together, sometimes you can even play uh, Derrick Jones Jr. at the five. That's crazy. And then when you put Vooch on the court, I mean, it completely changes everything. So when they are in these series with, uh, you know, Duran or if they're playing Jimmy Butler or whoever, Giannis, different story. I don't know if we have anyone that can guard Giannis. But mm-hmm. when we are in these series against these elite scorers and you can throw uh, Lonzo and Caruso at these guys without Zach or DeMar even having to touch them, man, that is a serious luxury against those teams. We had Arch guarding Giannis. Right. <laughs> because, you know, he struggles with small guys. He struggles like, with little guys. Uh, and Arch did like, okay. Dave, Dave does someone have game. to neuralize you? Come on. Yeah, man. you're right. You're right. I mean, even <laughs> even at Atlanta Sorry. game, like Sorry. Uh, Sorry. they threw they threw Io and Javante yeah. at Trey Young. Yeah, <laughs> which is I do think the Bulls need to find like like getting if they would have gotten like JaVale McGee or something, it would have been great. Like they need to find like one of these just bigs that can like just for two quarters get you a couple rebounds, and then when Vooch is has foul trouble to play. And then when Dame goes to Philly, it's going to be harder for us too. <laughs> <laughs> and you're and you're right. And I think that, and that's the other thing that I lean on, and just gives me all kinds of faith and all kinds of hope is the like Matt talked about earlier, the front office. You know they mm. see it. You know they see the issues. You know they know what they are. I don't have to sit here and break it down and be like, why don't they do this? Why won't they do this? Why won't they do? I know they're gonna do something. I right. know they see what's going on because they've done every single thing they said they were going to do in two so years. Why wouldn't I have, in two years? Like why COVID wouldn't years. I have this kind of faith? You know what I'm saying? And be like and not worry. So those things I don't even worry about. I know they see it. And you, so I'm guys, I'm cool. and guys. Gar Gar wasn't wrong. He said we need to get younger and more athletic. <laughs> so, you know, he just guy, forgot the part of actually doing what he said he was going to do because he looked at Rondo and Wade and was like, totally, definitely younger and more athletic. My buddy is a Phoenix fan. He texted me. He's like, Chandler Hutchinson's just started to play. What what can I expect? And I was like, not, not much. He's he, he's you'll be shocked how slow he is. And he texted uh, back. He's like, he, oh, he my put- God. He's so slow. <laughs> Tallahassee should put more work into that TikTok than he ever yes, did with the Bulls. Oh, man. He, he <laughs> did it to himself. Speaking of Bulls All-Stars, you guys see that big shot Bob, a.k.a. Luke Cornett, just signed a 10-day with yeah. those very Milwaukee Bucks. Hey, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Nice. <laughs> the fact uh, that yeah. he wasn't in the league and he was starting for us some games recently. No, that's what I'm saying. That's just wild. Like, and, and another guy that I think you know, the last two games we've talked, obviously we've talked about DeMar with those game winners, but a guy that the Bulls would not have been in, even close to having an opportunity for DeMar to hit that game winner 
uh, who's been big and has finally found his legs, his feel to the game again after missing what, like six months of injury, 20 days because of COVID uh, protocols, uh, Kobe White. Like a lot of Bulls fans were getting frustrated with him, unjustly getting frustrated with him and acting like they, he's a bum now and they didn't get rid of him. Um, he's he's really come up and, and shown his worth and been that guy. Like, yeah, this is what we were expecting from Kobe. Uh, just needed that time. Let's talk about him. Like, give us your thoughts on, on how Kobe's playing right now, uh, how that – impact him coming off that bench doing what he's doing um how that impacts the bulls too going forward uh big dave gets the first bite i'm gonna let big dave i'm gonna let (laughs) big dave take this for sure kick us off well i can tell you this uh tune in tomorrow because i'm gonna really let some people have it tomorrow um it's been exactly what I thought it was going to be. Like, I was like, yeah, just give him time. Let him get reacclimated. When you don't do anything for six months, I don't care what it is. It's going to take you a little bit to get back into it. So he couldn't shoot because he had a shoulder problem. So no offseason, no summer league, no mini camp, no training camp, no practice, you know, and, and you're thrust in there. And then as soon as you get in there, you have to leave again because you go out with COVID protocols. So he had no time to figure it out. So once he got back and he actually had time to figure things out, you saw the work that has been put in on Kobe White from last year to this year, even from his rookie year to this year. You've seen an improvement every year in Kobe White. You saw him that first year. You were like, yeah, he can shoot, but he can't play defense and he makes terrible decisions and he can't be a point guard. Second season, you saw him slowing it down when they got Vooch. You saw him slow down. You saw him start trying to pass the ball, you know, run the offense a little bit better. This season, you see him playing defense along with that. So he's combining all of those things that you, everybody kind of writes you off. You know, people have a tendency to do that. When, when they see that you can't do something, they're like, well, you can't do this and that's it for you. And, and you know, there's no way you can ever overcome it. They did it with Zach Levine, same way. You can't play defense. We're done. You don't, you don't deserve anything. You know, like you can't work and get better, you know, at what you're trying to do. Defense sucks. Kobe White (laughs) continued to work and continue to get better. Now, when people were actually talking about get rid of him because he couldn't score, that's when I was like, what the hell are you talking about? That's all he does is score. Obviously, he just needs some time to get it. And now what you just see, buckets. You don't win these last two games without Kobe White, period. That's a fact. I know DeMar DeRozan did his thing. You don't get there without Kobe White. I know Zach Levine at 35. You don't get there without Kobe White. And not only does he matter in that game against Indiana because he carried the low scoring-wise, the defense that he played in Washington, the key stops that he had. Matter of fact, the last play, which was the key stop. I'm sorry, the play in the uh, – uh, yeah. Indiana, when he chases down the loose ball, dives on the ground, gets it, and kicks it to DeMar DeRozan so he can go shoot that three and win the basketball game. That's Kobe White doing that stuff, man. He is vitally important to this team, and he's doing it in the starting lineup now. You know what I'm saying? We, so he's going to carry that confidence with him when he gets back to the bench. And then, like you said, and, and you pointed that out uh, very astutely, that it doesn't matter the lineups they put in. You know, you don't really lose anything. Now, think of the things that you're going to gain with a Kobe White, Caruso, Io kind of lineup. 
You know what I'm saying? With that defense, but also with Kobe being open with this catch and shoot, which Matt loves him at, which is he's been balling at. His catch and shoots has been amazing. So imagine all that on the bench now, now that you got that scoring power and a guy with that kind of confidence. I'm not surprised. I'm just not. you, You knew it was coming. It was just a matter of time. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I'm pretty much right there with Dave when it comes to Kobe. We've we've been preaching patience for him on Locked On with a bunch of people. And look, I understand the Bulls fans have been eyeing Kobe as a piece to trade because, hey, maybe if this team wants to make a midseason adjustment to really try to perfect this roster and optimize their opportunity to make a deep playoff run, and maybe what you need is a little more size, right? What do the Bulls have to offer right now? Well, not a whole lot of draft capital in the cupboard, but what you do have is a young player in Kobe White who is still on a rookie scale deal and has proven through his first two seasons in the NBA that he could get buckets. And that is an enticing piece. It is the enticing piece, maybe alongside Patrick Williams, that the Bulls have. So, of course, Bulls fans are talking about him as a potential trade bait, but the fact that they were saying, oh, well, you know, trade him because he's bad trade him because he's not playing well. Well, yeah, he's got a completely new set of teammates and just was coming off of a shoulder surgery for crying out loud. Give the man a minute. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, hey, I, I think I, I heard Ed mention his name once. The other guy that deserves credit for this Bulls seven game winning streak and who Bulls fans were way too quick to judge, who Bulls fans have also been talking about trading Mm. Can we give some credit to the big man, Mr. Vooch? I mean, what good Lord. What the hell? What mm. the hell? Unbelievable. 20 point double doubles every night now. Oh, did we all just assume that he forgot how to play basketball because he had a little <laughs> yeah, bit of a that, shooting that's slump? That's what happened. <laughs> My God. I, Bulls fans are so reactionary. And again, I get it. When the Bulls are good and looking like they could be really good, Bulls fans want to look under every rock and, and every nook yeah. and cranny to say, okay. How could we get better? How can we improve? Who's not carrying their weight? Because we need everyone carrying their weight because we want to go win a championship this season. Mm-hmm. But my goodness, whether it's Kobe, whether it's Fooch, guys, we just had to give them a little bit of time. This is a completely yeah. brand new team. Kobe, Vooch, a lot of these guys are playing roles that they have not played before. So going back to Kobe, that's the part that's fascinating to me. This well, and so James is Lonzo's out, right? What happens when Lonzo's back from protocols and then how those minutes with Kobe and Io get split up that like that, that's a really tough situation. And I, you know, confidence in Billy Donovan to navigate it as best he can and figure out how the rotation will work. But Kobe's gotten more, more minutes and a greater opportunity. And that's why he's found his footing and found this rhythm. What happens when Lonzo comes back? My, my theory with the, Kobe criticism is that it's not actual criticism. It's that he's what Matt nailed it on the head. He is more asset than load bearing player right now. He is a luxury right now to us because we have, we have five other Kobe whites in theory. I'm not saying that just in theory on paper. And so I think people don't allow themselves to get attached to him because they think he's going to be gone. Whereas with Vooch, I think it's a different criticism, but I do think part of the criticism is like, well, he's going to be gone anyway. Why do I, I'm not going to even get invested in this guy because clearly he's our only asset. We're not trading Patrick Williams and we need another big. It just feels like, so I think people are like 
purposely putting an arm's distance because they feel, you know, it's like abandonment issues. <laughs> so they don't want to hug him because they think he's yeah. going to leave them. Yes. It's I, like, it, yeah, that's it's like a foster kid. It's a foster okay. kid thing. Yeah. That's, that's interesting way to put it. And honestly, Matt, I, I don't have, I think they'll allocate those minutes just fine. Honestly, I don't, I don't I think, think so too. Issue, uh, with, without a play of, uh, cause every, like, I think uh, Zach said it after the post game, like there are no egos on this team. You know, like, I don't think anybody really cares. Everybody just wants to win. So if Kobe minutes are cut, uh, which they obviously are going to be, or when he comes in or what time, I think it's also going to be situational. You know, Billy will have a good feel about, you know, who's doing what that game and what they kind of need that game, knowing when to put them in and knowing when to take them out. This is why, again, I don't worry about that stuff because I got Billy Donovan and Mo Cheeks and Chris Fleming on the bench. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't worry. Like, I don't, I think they'll be, okay with that and can we and matt brought up vooch who also we we let a lot of people have it about vooch and that was awesome can you please stop putting patrick williams name in trades no nope. <laughs> he's not being traded all right nope. it's not going to ha- they are not trading their baby that's their firstborn they're not trading him and he doesn't need to be and bulls fans again have been very reactionary about patrick williams he's a rookie dude come in and hurt his wrist and they're like yeah, see, I told you. Told me what? <laughs> like, what did you tell me? Like, it's, it's insane. He's sometimes. getting traded for Jeremy Grant any day now. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Get out of here, man. If you listen to that podcast, the entire thing is like they would never do this. Like, <laughs> like, like, like he's talking. He's like, I'm trying to think of a Jeremy. He's just saying Jeremy Grant on the Bulls is like the perfect marriage, like mm-hmm. for both sides. And he's like, I don't think, but it, ultimately, he's like, because he's he knows Kobe won't get it done. Like, and so he's only using that as a way to say, like, it's a good fit, but there's no way it would happen. Um, But people, of course, don't listen to and They just go nuts. So wait, would you not trade Patrick Williams under any circumstances, I guess? No, of course there's circumstances. Okay, Okay, I'm just saying like it's exceptions to rule. I'm saying it's just not going to happen. Okay. Well, I can see that because I mean, we don't know. Jeremy Grant. Not for I, I mean, I can see that just because I, I can see a scenario where, you know, AK, this is his first pick. So it's like, I, I don't want to give up on him. Uh, it's hard. It's easier to trade when they're not guys that you acquired yourself. Mm. Like it's easier to trade those guys because you don't have any emotional attachment to it. But this yeah. is, this is, this is AK's first ever draft pick himself. So yeah, I can definitely see where he's like, okay, I'm, I'm just not trading this guy unless I'm getting some kind of ridiculous, stupid offer for him. Would that you, I just can't. Yeah, but it's not, it's not even really given up either, though. No, they no, no. Yeah, it. they haven't seen it. They no, have no, no 100%, idea yet. You know, hundred percent. I'm, I'm not saying given right. up. But I'm saying like Ed and I have been open to trading him, not because we don't think, not that we've given up on him. I still think Pat's going to be a good player in this league. But I, I, that's like what three, probably more so three, four years from now that he's going to be a really good player. Mm. And I'm looking at this window of opportunity for the Bulls. Like we've, we, we talk and we're talking about, it's not a 0% chance that the Bulls win a championship. So if you can upgrade that four, um, and obviously maybe the conversation is different. If Pat wasn't injured, he, maybe he, he's showing you those little things that we really need at the four right now. And more than likely he is, but if you can get that four for Pat, I think, and, and really solidify yourself as like, yeah, okay, now we don't have to really, I mean, you have to worry about the Bucks and Nets, but you know what? Like now we have basically 
all bases covered. There's not really a hole on this team that we have to worry about. And now we can probably do what the Suns did and get to the finals. Would, so, like, trade it theoretically trading Patrick Williams. If I mean, an all-star seems like an – of course, that's not going to happen, but an all-star would be an easy one. Is there a non-all-star player who you would theoretically trade Patrick Williams for? Like, like we've, we've been talking about Harrison Barnes a bunch. Mm. Clay Thompson. <laughs> okay, <yeah. laughs> I, I think he's been an all-star, Dave. No, he said no. I, he's talking about this year, Matt. That's all I'm going yeah, on. Like not like an yeah, all-star like, last year. Yeah, like he won an all-star a, last year. He's not going to be one this year. He's not an all-star player. I would trade him for like a Rashawn Holmes more than I would a Harrison Barnes. But like, yeah. it'd be a Rashawn Holmes Buddy healed package, right? Like, uh, on De'Aaron Fox too. <laughs> De'Aaron Fox is broke, man. That dude's been playing oh, so bad. Uh, he, I, I think Harrison Barnes would. I don't. I think he'd met. He that he is slower than Hutch. His brain just moves so slow. He holds the ball like he's. Not, there's nothing instinctual about Harrison Barnes. He is. He's a math equation. It's. He's so boring to watch. I stay away. <laughs> but like again, like these these middle of the road guys in theory, like your Grants and your Barnes, I think like are enticing right now because we see a window and you want to be like, well, Drew Holiday is he worth three firsts? No, but look, they won the championship, so it's worth it, right? Um, I think it has to be someone who is good. We know is good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, whether it's whether it's Barnes, whether it's Jeremy Grant, you know, like I, I don't think either of those scenarios are super likely to happen. You, you have to look at it from uh, as best you can, the perspective of the bulls front office to say, okay, P-Dub is the, the, is the first piece that we did not inherit, but we chose to add mm-hmm. to what we're building here. Chose so one. you, you know, and Dave says it all the time, like, you know, he's their, he's their favorite child. You know, he's their guy that they're, they're not going to be just like, oh yeah, we'll throw in P-Dub and whatever trade is. Mm-hmm. Unless they look at it, from a number standpoint of, okay, does swapping out P-Dub and bringing in player X take our chances to win a championship now in this immediate to near future window from 50% to 60%, from 60 to to 80 or 85? Like they have to be 100% convinced that it is a significant upgrade to the overall roster to sacrifice Patrick Williams in a trade because the other thing that Bulls fans are quick to forget, I believe, is that, guess what? It sucks that P. Will got hurt so early this season when a lot of people were looking forward to seeing how how he could develop his game in his second NBA season. It sucks, right? Mm -hmm. He's still 20 years old, guys. (sighs) That young man cannot legally buy an alcoholic beverage in (laughs) in this year U.S. of A. for another eight months. He is 20. 20. He is 20. He is a year and change younger than Ayo Desumu. Okay. And people are like already through a season of chaos and change. And then four games this season, like, ah, beat up. You know what? We thought the, we thought the high ceiling was there, but it's not. You, you really think that AK and Eversley feel that way when he is 20 years old? No, the Bulls are 24 and 10, largely without the services of Patrick Williams. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Amazing. I mean, why, why why would they be quick to trade him when they've got a good thing going and he's 20 years old? Yo, Bulls fans are great. Like truly wild, man. <laughs> like there's, there are different, like the Ma- like Mavericks fans are just like miserable, but f- having a blast. Whereas like Bulls fans are miserable, but winning <laughs> and like, <laughs> It's like they find the one thing that's not perfect and they just want to like, whether it's Kobe or Vooch is cold and it becomes like an omen in a weird way. And what is that? Is it the cold? Is it just like you guys had the, like you'll never get back to like Jordan is so great. And it's like, that just will always, you know, it's Derek Rose. It's Derek Rose. That's what it is. The good thing can go totally wrong. That's what it is. Correct. When you've seen that happen to you before, Mm-hmm. Like, you're like, well, all the bad things in life are going to continue happening to me. <laughs> like that's really that's what, what it is. is. Yep. You know, when you look at it like that. No, that's 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 just what it is. And you're right. Like, even when DeRozan hit that game winner against Indiana, I started seeing people try to create a rift there between him and Zach Levine. <laughs> yeah, Zach didn't God. run over oh. to him <laughs> and jump on crazy. top of him. Zach did, you, shocked. did you he see Zach? Did you see Zach? And then he saw him was like, like best laughing like yeah, he was laughing like he just he couldn't believe what he just saw. Right. And he was just like, he had his hands up in the air, like in two fists. Yeah. I'm so, they're showing <laughs> slow motion no. details like they watching JFK, you know, like back. Right. Salim, it means that Zach Levine was secretly burning up Zach is angry at winning. <laughs> they, they text each other like, good morning. Like, <laughs> good morning. <laughs> like, they are friends. Oh my God. That's, but it is so funny. I've noticed, I guess, like, Guys, let the, you're right. This is going so well. It's going so well, and it's not a fluke. These aren't flukes. No. Do, do you, you guys I, think Pat Pat is going to be back sooner than we thought? Because I, I don't know. Do. You guys, have you guys seen like his? He's been shooting before games. the The hard cast is off. He's has that brace on now. Like I, I don't know. It's it's kind of weird. Like it seems like he's moving a lot. The time, the timeline's moving faster. And like, I know the Bulls had applied for like that hardship for a season-ending like hardship that they could use to get like a player or whatever. Right. Uh, that and was denied. denied. Yeah, that right. was denied. And they, usually that gets denied when a player is probably going to be not out for the season. It's true. Um, I like. A part of me wouldn't be surprised if he comes back right after the All-Star game. Like, this guy seems mm. like he's, like, one of those, like, freak-level healers. Like, it's just not yep. it's not That's normal. It, well, yeah. I mean, think back to the beginning of this season. We thought the Bulls were going to not have P-Dub to start the season. And then, yeah, he missed the first couple of preseason games with, uh, you know, the, the ankle, right? Uh, the right. Ankle. And then what happened? Oh. There he was playing in the last preseason game or two. There he was available for opening night. He's young. He's young. You know what young people do? Heal faster than old people. Dave, I said it to you on Lockdown a couple weeks ago when we had some kind of peed up conversation. I think he's coming back before this season. Yeah, it just feels like that, right? Like even to that point, Matt, after he hurt his wrist, he stayed in the game. <laughs> and then not only did he stay in the game, not, he not had like all dislocated. He yes. dislocated his wrist. It was like, yeah, I got these free. He was like, oh yeah, I got that. And then he <laughs> and then he makes an incredible spin move, jump hook shot, and then he comes down and gets a block, and then he goes back down and scores again, and then goes out of the game. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, like I 
I wouldn't be surprised if if he did. I, w- I just wouldn't at all. Ed, I'm sorry, Ed. You were you were trying to oh, say no, something. No, 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 man, no, no. I was listening. No, I I think that would be a great development. I think my only thing with Patrick Williams coming back too soon would just be like if we're. I would just be wondering about like how the rotation would flush itself out because Javante Green has been playing really, really well at that yes. at that small ball four three whatever you want to call it. So I, I guess that would be my only question. But you know, Billy Donovan. Chris Fleming, they've all shown great sense, so it would probably work itself out. See, Red Fred might disagree with you there, Ed. No, get Fred, out of my brain, Fred, man. Oh my get God. out of my brain. Fred, is, Fred cracks me up. Every year, there's like a minimum level player that he just has to like, like <laughs> latch on to and just yeah, absolutely and obliter- obliterate every year. Like, this man is making like videos on his phone about uh, recording videos on his phone about Javante Green you know, making mistakes it's like, sorry, he, this minimum level player isn't perfect, Fred. I'm sorry. Bro, he was coming at Matt Thomas. <laughs> Matt Thomas I, I go at Matt Thomas. Nah, too, right. Why are you coming at Matt Thomas? I, I don't go at him. I just think, I don't go at him. I shouldn't say I should go. I go at him. I, I do think the bull should have uh, cut him for somebody else, but like that's not. <laughs> well, and I, look, I, we're we're recording this on January second. The Bulls have five more days before that Matt Thomas contract is fully guaranteed. You still might mm-hmm. see the Bulls wave him to free up a roster spot. It's possible. Yeah, it happen. Yeah, it yeah. could happen. But, but I'm just saying he's the 15th dude on the roster. Right. Oh, I know. I don't. I don't harp on him. Is good. if he like mixes up the water to powder Gatorade ratio? Right. Because that's, right. that's his responsibility. Right. I don't go see Red Fred on him. I don't. Go I don't like powdery, just tweeting about him. <laughs> I'm not just tweeting about him. Anger tweeting about him like see Red Fred does. Uh, about Javante Green. <laughs> see Red Fred's polls are my favorite thing because it's always like, uh, could you see the Bulls winning six championships in four years? Or do you, <laughs> or do you think they'll be sold? And then the, there'll be a third option. <laughs> the third option will be, I don't know. There's yeah, there's always, I, I'm I like, don't know. I'm like, yeah, it's like two very specific things that like are impossible. And then like, I don't know, which I, my favorite is like, hey, he's man. like, he's, well, yeah. he's passing a note, to the, he's oh passing God, a note to the cute girl in fourth grade, you know, math classes. You Maybe. Know, you like me, yes, no, maybe, but it's just oh my Bulls God. fans. <laughs> Whether it's, like, or not it's, like like those, it's like those political surveys. They're they're making you want to pick something over another. Like you have to pick this answer, yes. otherwise you're evil. <laughs> but I love they're not even like vaguely like I don't know. Should be a good thing where it's like okay, that's fair. But now it's like why did you even make this? Like what are you trying to learn? Javante Green, um, he's such a big part of the entertainment level of this team this year because he's yeah, always going to have that like one play every game. Even if it's like a missed dunk, it's just going to get yeah. you out your seat. Like, yo, did you just see that? And your friend will be like, yo, that was That's a so missed true. dunk though. But yo, he almost made it. Like, he's such a big part of making this team fun to watch. So let, let's let's close on this because talking about like entertainment levels and how good this team is. And I know you guys like to compare and contrast teams too. So we always think back to the last great Bulls team. And of course that's that 2010, 11, you know, 2011, 12 stretch of Bulls teams. And this team right now is kind of creeping into that territory if they aren't there already. So what are your thoughts right now on which team is kind of better right now? Or we can kind of use the, I don't know, you know, for the third option, but (laughs) <laughs> yeah give me that give me that third option yeah i don't know so we'll, we'll let, like let, let's kind of dish it out real quick so do you think that team is in that area right now kind of wait and see like what are your thoughts on you know the comparison right now that that is tough um i guess the best way to try to answer it is to break it down like 
who who were the big three of that Bulls team? Would you say it was Derek, Joakim, and Luol? Probably. Is that trio that those couple of seasons better, or are Demar, Zach, and Vooch a better trio? And then you think back to that Bulls bench mob of the early 2010s. Is that bench mob better, or is this Bulls bench mob? And there have been a lot of iterations of it already through, you know, 35, 40 games, whatever, because of all of the protocols, nonsense, and, and some injuries. But which which bench is better, right? What Like, it's, it's a really tough question. I, right now, and maybe it's a prisoner of the moment thing, I might say that this Bulls team is better. Mm. That Bulls team had a more elite-level defense. This Bulls team, I would say, unquestionably, is a better offensively gifted team, and they still have a top-10 defense. Mm-hmm. So when you look at it that way, like stands to reason that maybe this team is better. Yeah, I hear that. My my official answer is I don't know. That's my official answer. Uh, but to say it, I would lean probably more towards um, the old older Bulls team, you know, the Rose Noah Dang team, more so because I saw it and I know what it looks like, but also because at the end of the day, they had the best player in the league on their team. Mm-hmm. Like you know Wait, what I'm saying? Didn't we, like, didn't we agree that Demar's the MVP? What's the what do you mean? Yeah, we 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 agreed. We agreed. You know, but he walked away with an actual trophy that said it. You know what I'm saying? So, and the youngest ever to do it. So, um, yeah. So I think that's more so why I would lean more towards there. Like when you actually have, or if you want to say top two or whatever top three, but the the trophy says he was the best. You know what I'm saying? So I have to kind of lean towards that. Uh, it's always this one, but yeah, when, when the year ends or something like that, maybe I'll have a better, you know what I'm saying? Assessment on it. But right now I got to lean towards what I actually saw happen. You know, man, that's really tough. I think they're so different because like one is like, there was a clear hierarchy of who was the best player and who was the big three or whatever. And this team feels way more ensemble, way more, uh, we, you know, DeMar has been the hero this week, but it feels like Zach could have done that. It feels like mm-hmm. Caruso could have done that. Like I, and I, I like offense. And so I'm, I'm going to say this team. Um, Cause at the end of the day, it's not about who stops the other, who stops the most points. It's who scores the most points. <laughs> That's who wins the game. Like, and I just think this is, I, I just could see this. They, anyone can score on this team. Whereas that's not the case for that one so i mean they're both it's like i it might it's probably recency bias for it also too um but those, i, I those just love this won a lot of games 85 to 79 john exactly <laughs> exactly I, i'll say this i'm i'm with john here because i, I think i think this that 2000 2010 or 2012 team was a team that you know would absolutely drain you with their defense right they would and then and the fourth quarter was d rose time that was their offense basically mm-hmm. this team's offense this team is more suited for the playoffs i think our current team shot creation is so damn important in the playoffs and when you have like what four guys that can get you a bucket like really get you a bucket yeah. that team had d rose really and had right. and like yeah, you had Corver that can sh- score, shoot off the ball. You had Blue Luol, you had Boozer, but those guys needed to be set up. 
Right. Like yeah. they couldn't and, get and what their happened, own bucket. And what happened when LeBron started guarding? Garden D Rose. It was over. Yeah. Game over. It, yeah. it was basically LeBron, and then they would create a wall around Derek. And then it yeah. was basically Derek, Derek's mid-range jumper abandoned him. And then mm-hmm. he would kick it out to other guys. And you know, they had to they couldn't create for themselves. So that's oh, what I'm Brew is not as good. Oh no, yeah. So like <laughs> even like so I say I I I think this team is better suited to go to win in the playoffs than that team. So I would take this current team. Yeah. Um, I know we haven't seen the end results yet, um, but I, I personally would take this current team over that past team because I mean, of those reasons. I think kind of piggyback that, I mean, you can win a championship with an okay defense and a great offense. You mm. can't win a championship with a great defense and an okay off. It hasn't been done. Who's the team that has been, you know, the, the label of the great defensive team for the last handful of years in, in the league, probably the Utah Jazz, right? Are they winning chips? No. Who's the last team that was known to be a dominant defensive team that couldn't do a whole lot offensively to win a chip? The 04 Pistons? Yeah, you, you might be able to throw the Bucks in there, right? Like that, they might, because they weren't great offensively. I think balance too, because both teams, yeah. both teams, I mean, I think the Bucks are still top 10 in offense, like overall. Giannis had 50. Like, yeah, no, that's correct. what I was about to say. Like, <laughs> no, correct, but I'm just that kind of hurts like, everything right there. No, correct. <laughs> 50. It's balance. And I think balance is another thing. I think this team is more balanced too. They're, they're not just, they don't rely on just one side of the ball. Like, they can do both. You when, when we're at full strength with Caruso and Lonzo, we can lock teams down. We can be like, not you're not getting an easy bucket here. You're gonna have to take a contested shot, or we're gonna make the shot clock expire because you just are not gonna be able to get, get a shot off here. Um, and then on offense, man, when Wooch is on, when Kobe's on, dude, pick your poison because we're gonna be killing you on offense too. Hey, so I'm not I'm not here for the Keith Bogans disrespect, sir. <laughs> hey man, like, <laughs> it's great, we though. got no, we got no. It's, Keith Bogans. it's it's great though that both of these teams, when you think about it, are both product of their eras. Because I mean, that Thibodeau defense back then was like you know pretty fresh, and then at some point afterwards, everyone began using the same terminology and the same schemes and whatever, whatever, and copying it, so it didn't stand out as much, but. Now this Bulls team is kind of a product of its own era with, you know, so much versatility and players playing multiple positions some good shooters and two like elite scorers. So I'll say that I think this team is more entertaining. I think they have the potential to be better because they're more well-rounded. And I think ultimately, if they continue on this pace, they will be better. But man, that 2010-11 season, it's just special because like that's the first time like in a long time where a Bulls fan was like, yo, this might be it. Like. This team could do it. Like it, there's a chance at least. So it and, and this team is the first time since that team. Yeah, fans have felt that way. I think right. Very true. Yeah. Wow. That, you guys, it's so it's so sad. Like we're like we have like maybe a comment on like hands. I don't even need to use like past three fingers that after the post dynasty team that we were really like, oh my god, this team is so good. Like we felt like maybe like. That Skiles team when they first figured it out and won one and that they beat the Heat in the playoffs, we were like, we love that team. We absolutely love that. Yo, team. I was hyped when Ben Gordon popped yeah. his jersey into the camera. Like I thought, yo, that was yo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that was, you know that team. We, we love that team, and 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 in hindsight, that team was very much not that good. Like it, they were a mediocre team. 
Um, and that's sad for us. That's how much we've suffered that we are one of our favorite teams. Post dynasty is a, per- a very middling team. Hey, so they just kind of like Andres Nozioni middling. There is nothing middling about that. <laughs> I, 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 I would love Notch right now. Notch at the floor right now would be fantastic. Oh my God. He would be no, so Notch is like Kendall Gill, where they would make $200 million if they played now. Like, where <laughs> Kendall Gill would be a small, a small ball five and he would lock, like, he'd be unbelievable. He played, like, if he played in this era, he'd be unbelievable. Right. He'd be unbelievable. And he could be an enforcer to protect. Zach and Demar. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. He he'd be like a good Robert Covington. <laughs> oh man. Dude, that guy gets paid. The guys. Yeah. It's we should yeah. feel good about 2000, 2022. Oh, I almost said two thousand two. The twenties. The 20s, the roaring 20s is gonna be the roaring twenties. Roaring twenties. Oh wow. I'm, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great so about the upcoming years. So look, as we as we close out, like each of y'all, tell me what you guys are looking forward to seeing this year before we wrap up, and you know, just let me know. Tough game. Simple as that. Hasn't, hasn't, you know, hasn't happened in a long time. Can't wait to watch Bulls play out basketball, but I also am a little bit worried about my ticker because I... Whew, man. In my pockets, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just taking it game by game, which is something I haven't done in a very long time, and I haven't had the luxury to do. In a very long time. So I'm, I'm just literally enjoying every single game and everything that is happening. I'm really like just in it and I'm trying to live in that moment of what's going on with this team. So I'm just going to continue to do that, man. And it's, it's been so much fun. Man, I was going to say playoffs, but I'm going to say having two Bulls All-Stars. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Three. Let's, do Let's it. go for three. Like, Let's go not? for three. <laughs> Let's get three up in. And some all-NBA stuff. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, we're getting all-NBA, all-defense. We're getting all of that. All-defensive first team with Lonzo yep. Caruso. We really yeah, Lonzo and Caruso. I agree. They legit yep. have been. Yeah, they, they, they deserve – they deserve at the very least second team, but they mm-hmm. deserve for they they oh, for the sure our first team. Yeah. They for sure our first team. For, mm-hmm. Yeah, all of that. I agree. I'm see. We got to start this. We got to start up the hype train. We got to get Javante Green in the dunk contest this year. Yeah, I, I want to see that. That's what I'm looking forward to seeing because I know that man mm-hmm. gonna throw down. Man, why yeah, couldn't the All Star Game be in Chicago this year? That right. how fantastic Oof. would that be? And you know what? You don't even need to do All Star Weekend. The Bulls should just hold an in-house dunk contest. Yeah, (laughs) green. I mean, that's entertainment for hours. Right. Oh, hey, man, Derek, Derek Jones Jr. almost put Danny Gaffer in a body bag too. He did. (laughs) That's the that's the price you pay when you're a big man trying to block shots. (laughs) That's the price you pay, baby. He, I. Is DJJ just was like every time he jumps, it feels like he's just gonna keep elevating and just fly off, like just rocket off into like another planet. Like Flame this dude does not stop like floating in air. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing all that. Just again, this is continuing to be a great thing coming home to seeing a great Bulls game every night. So I mean, there's nothing that can really replace that, but. Thank you to Big Dave, Matt, John for stopping by on this first episode of Bulls Gold in 2022. Always a blast talking with you guys. Uh, Celine, you got any final thoughts before we wrap up? Yeah, just thank you again, Matt, Dave, John, for uh, joining us. Uh, I, you know, I've, I've had the pleasure of you know getting to know them over the years. Uh, it's been a pleasure hanging out with Matt and Dave. And I'm mad at John for not coming out last time. 
Uh, I was like excited to meet him, and uh, yeah, no. like, oh, John didn't come. What the hell? I didn't uh, come. I, I, <laughs> I had work. I was like, odds are, if I didn't have work, I, it was probably fifty fifty anyway. But <laughs> uh, but, remember, uh, but I actually had a conflict. <laughs> I, I, I was sick. I was sick though. I would have much yeah. rather been there. Pizza's my favorite pizza place. I know that they're good, man. They're really good. But yeah, it's you know we're, we're gonna have that uh, Bulls podcast palooza thing coming up too uh, in february so that'll be good i'm trying to convince ad like maybe dave matt you guys can convince ad to come out here <laughs> in chicago so he can come to that podcast palooza you know what yeah i would like, be i would be all about this if the world wasn't exploding yeah <laughs> but i think that's the main that's the main thing i can't get with you on like if you so. get covid at a podcast palooza the doctor <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, gosh. <laughs> like no ventilators for you. where are you well, i went to a podcast blues they're like sorry man we gotta get this to actual like there's like teachers and stuff that we're gonna get this to <laughs> man i'm i'm definitely thinking about it this, this is a bunch going on right now but we'll see what happens i yeah. definitely do want to go back to chicago at some point no, it'd be cool it'd be while. cool if you did bro yeah, but yeah, I understand. Come for a playoff game come for a playoff game yeah, yeah. that would be dope too yeah because yeah, like i said that'll give us some time to uh you know crowdsource uh your plane ticket out here <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said, like the the one time I've been to Chicago, it was briefly for a day, and it was again, it was Joaquin Noah's last game as a Bull. So mm. just seeing that image still kind of sucked, but it was still fun. But all right, well, yeah. I'm gonna go cry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, well that wraps up today's Bulls Go. As always, catch out our, our past episodes on Spotify, on Apple, on Podbean, wherever you get your podcasts, and always catch us right here on the Barroom Network. So for Salim Sudawala. I'm Edward Schuler. This has been Bulls Gold, and we will catch you next time, Bulls fans. <laughs>